Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Is Kim Jong-un right now out trumping Donald Trump? Plus, first-hand accounts of that infamous Trump Tower meeting. Who knew what and when? And Rex Tillerson is back on the scene and throwing a little bit of shade. This is the State of America tonight. The public can go through these 2,000 pages and make up their own mind. My impression from watching Donald Trump Jr. in that meeting is that he hated and contradicted himself. The statement that Don Jr. issued is true. There's no inaccuracy in the statement. North Korea is threatening to abandon the high-profile summit with President Trump. The president is very used and ready for tough negotiations. I will, unlike past administrations, I will leave the table. Hello, everyone. I'm Kate Baldwin, live in New York. To our viewers watching around the world, this is State of America tonight. Today, it seems what's old is new again. After what seemed to be a diplomatic breakthrough, North Korea is now back to its old ways of surprise announcements, dramatic rhetoric, and quite a bit of brinksmanship. Abruptly canceling a planned meeting with South Korea and threatening to cancel talks with President Trump. Here is part of their statement. If the U.S. is trying to drive us into a corner to force our unilateral nuclear abandonment, we will no longer be interested in such dialogue and cannot but reconsider our our proceeding to the DPRK-U.S. summit. The White House response today, it's not a big deal. We haven't seen anything. We haven't heard anything. Uh, We will see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Time will tell is uh, something that we fully expected. Um, The president is very used and ready for uh, tough negotiations. And if they want to meet, we'll be ready. And if they don't, that's okay, too. And um, we'll continue with the campaign of maximum pressure if that's the case. But like I just said, uh, if they want to meet, the president will certainly be ready and we will be prepared. But if not, that's okay. Republican lawmakers say they've seen this before. No, I think they're probably doing a little bluster right now. I'm not over. I'm not losing sleep over this issue, but it does. The only reason it concerns me is it just shows that North Korea is back to their old pattern of kind of give and take. I think this uh, guy Kim Jong Un is posturing, but this is another indication that we need to continue steadfastly toward the goals here. This all has us wondering, is Kim Jong-un reading the art of the deal these days? Or, at the very least, is he reading Donald Trump's tweets from his own best-selling playbook? What do I mean? I'll explain. Let's take a look. Here's one quote for you. The worst thing you can possibly do in a deal is seem desperate to make it. And here's another. Know when to walk away from the table. And on that one, we know that President Trump has taken his own advice many times before. Remember this threat to abandon NAFTA? NAFTA has been a disaster. Uh, We are renegotiating NAFTA, as I said I would. And if we don't make a deal, I'll terminate NAFTA. And then there was a threat to leave NATO. 
They haven't been paying. I said, you got to pay. You got to pay. You got to pay. And now they've taken in because of that. And I guess I implied if you don't pay, we're out of there, right? And even when it comes to the very issue at hand, North Korea, the president has made clear he says he's sticking to his playbook. If I think that it's a meeting that is not going to be fruitful, we're not going to go. So now with what Kim Jong-un is saying, if he doesn't think it's fruitful, he's not going to go. Is Kim Jong-un out trumping Trump right now? Well, as the president said just today, we'll see. Now, from the reading of The Art of the Deal to some other light reading, courtesy of the Senate Judiciary Committee, nearly 2,000 pages, that's what the committee just released, offering the most comprehensive view yet inside that now infamous Trump Tower, Trump Tower meeting during the 2016 campaign. The public can go through these 2,000 pages and make up their own mind, draw their own conclusions. They don't have to have it uh, deciphered by members of Congress. Now in full view, or mostly full view, since there are a bunch of redactions, are the transcripts from the closed-door interviews with the people inside that Trump Tower meeting, most of them at least, including the president's son, Don Jr., who hosted the meeting after receiving an email promising dirt on Hillary Clinton coming from the Russian government. The meeting has been a key focus of the special counsel's investigation into possible Russian collusion, uh, collusion between Russians and the Trump campaign. You may recall that the White House previously offered this explanation for that Trump Tower chat. There was nothing that, as far as we know, that would lead anyone to believe that uh, that there was anything except for a discussion about adoption. But everyone later, of course, found out that that was not true. The purpose of the meeting was something very different. And from the transcripts, Don Jr. acknowledges that, quote, I was interested in listening to information. And then a committee member asked information about Hillary Clinton. Don Jr. says yes. Another, the committee member asks, information on Hillary Clinton. That came potentially from the Russian government. Trump Jr.'s response, again, I had no way of assessing where it came from, but I was willing to listen. I think it's very clear in reading uh, through his transcript that he thought that this meeting was about uh, some information perhaps damaging to Hillary Clinton, uh, to her campaign. Committee members had made an issue of whether or not he knew who this lawyer was, whether or not he knew whether she was working there and whether she was there on behalf of the Russian government. But Don Jr., clearly they're saying he had no idea. Even if Don Jr. wasn't fully clued in, intelligence experts say the Russians knew exactly what they were doing. There's no way that these guys were freelancing, that the Veselnitskaya and the whole team just said, hey, let's go do this. This had to have there there had to have been knowledge uh, from the Kremlin on this. We've been really focused on whether or not the Kremlin actually gave information to the Trump campaign, uh, mainly about Hillary Clinton. But there's also a reverse uh, that they're that the Russians are looking for. They want to collect information. They want information that they can then use themselves to manipulate the election, as we now know, um, in any way that they saw fit and or use it to compromise the Trump campaign. Now, special counsel Robert Mueller is likely to work to determine all of that. And while the transcripts offer many more questions than answers or conclusions, quite honestly, one conclusion was reached today. Republicans and Democrats on the Senate Intelligence Committee announced that their investigation confirms the intelligence community's assessment about Russian meddling in the election, which specifically stated in the intelligence assessment that Vladimir Putin ordered the meddling and the meddling was in order to try to help 
get Donald Trump elected. I absolutely believe that Russia intervened, intervened with, on the basis of helping Mr. Trump and hurting Hillary Clinton. I think that ICA conclusion is accurate. Importantly, the Senate's conclusion breaks from what House Republicans concluded previously, which disputed the intelligence community's assessment that Putin tried and tried to push the election in Trump's, pay, in Trump's favor. So, again, what's old really is new again. Members of Congress see the very same facts and reach very different conclusions. Now, speaking of Capitol Hill, for Scott Pruitt, getting grilled in front of angry lawmakers is becoming an all-too-familiar scene. The embattled EPA chief was called up to the Hill to testify before a Senate committee again about questions over his spending at the department and the laundry list of ethics investigations that he's facing again. The controversies ranging from his first-class travel and taxpayer money to his 24-hour security detail. Well, to that, Pruitt has maintained he had to travel first class for security reasons. And to that, one top Democrat said this. What a silly reason you had to fly first class because of a danger to you unless you flew first class. He said, nobody even know who you are. Ouch. Pruitt has long, has all along defended himself, saying all of the criticism and the 11 inspectors general's investigations, but who's counting? He says they are unfounded. And finally, a blast from the very recent past. His name? Rex Tillerson, his former occupation, Secretary of State, as of something like two months ago. He was speaking today at a graduation ceremony and had sage words of advice. Thank you so much. If our leaders seek to conceal the truth or we as people become accepting of alternative realities that are no longer grounded in facts, then we as American citizens are on a pathway to relinquishing our freedom. This is one of the first times you're being seen in public since being fired by President Trump. And truth and fact is the message to graduates. One must wonder what leader or leaders Tillerson is really talking about there. I'll leave it to you to guess. But you won't, I won't leave you guessing on many other issues, like the nearly 2,000 pages of transcripts released by the Senate Judiciary Committee. They give us the firsthand accounts of what really went on during that 2016 Trump Tower meeting. Jessica Schneider is here with me now to comb through it all. I'm glad you're reading them all because I <laughs> couldn't do it. Jessica, what stands out to you? We have a big team, Kate. So two headlines that jumped out at me, they both relate to Donald Trump Jr., who is at the center of this Trump Tower meeting. So first, Don Jr. insists repeatedly throughout this testimony that he never told his father about the meeting. Second, he also insisted when he was testifying to lawmakers that no one in the meeting brought up the possibility of Russians releasing hacked emails or Russians distributing fake news to aid the Trump campaign, which, of course, the latter one is something we know happened over social media outlets. So really, here's part of the transcript where Donald Trump Jr. insisted to investigators that he only passed along the email invitation to Paul Manafort and Jared Kushner and never talked about it to his father. So the question was, prior to that meeting on June 9th, 2016, who did you tell about the meeting or about Mr. Goldstone's underlying offer to pass along information from Russia, of course, that was damaging to Hillary Clinton? The answer, I believe only Jared Kushner and Paul Manafort, I made them aware of it. Was there anyone else? No, not to my recollection. Did you inform your father about the meeting or the underlying offer prior to the meeting? No, I did not. Then in continued testimony, there was another question. Why wouldn't you share it with your father, given your response that you loved it, especially later in the summer? Answer from Donald Trump Jr. 
because I wouldn't bring him anything that's unsubstantiated, especially from a guy like Rob, Rob Goldstone, before I knew what it was actually about myself. So referring there to some of the emails and not going to his father. But, you know, Kate, here's another bit of detail that really casts some questions about Donald Trump Jr.'s insistence that he did not tell his father. So Democrats on the committee, they point to a June 6, 2016 phone call that was three days before the meeting. This phone call was between Donald Trump Jr. and Emin Egalarov. He's the Russian pop star, of course, whose father urged Rob Goldstone to set up the meeting in the first place. So, um, you know, immediately after John Jr.'s chat with Emin, he actually made a phone call to a block number that lasted 11 minutes. Now, Trump Jr. was asked whose number was that block number. Trump Jr. said he couldn't recall, but Democrats are now pointing out that Corey Lewandowski, the former Trump campaign manager, he has previously said that candidate Donald Trump's primary residence in New York City, well, it had a block number. So, Kate, that raises the question, was this 11-minute phone call to Donald Trump, the then-candidate, now president, three days before the Trump Tower meeting, was it to him? And if it was, and it happened immediately after this phone call with the Russian pop star yeah. Emin Agalarov, did he really not say anything to his father about the meeting? So, of course, that will be a point for Robert Mueller's team. But a lot of questions here, <laughs> even though we have this transcript now. Kate? Just adding them up. Great to see you, Jessica. Thank you so much. Coming up for us, President Trump plays it cool, but the summit with North Korea may be on the rocks. Is this turning into a deadly serious version of a question we often play with? I didn't want to go to your party anyway. We'll be right back. From a diplomatic breakthrough to a frosty standoff in a New York minute, with less than a month until a scheduled summit between President Trump and Kim Jong-un, North Korea abruptly changes course and threatens now to not show up on June 12th. How real is the threat and what now? The panel with me tonight is Steve Rogers. He's a member of Donald Trump's re-election campaign advisory board. Jackie Kucinich is a CNN political analyst and Washington bureau chief for the Daily Beast. Kevin Sheridan is a former spokesman for the Republican National Committee. And Catherine Rampell is a CNN political commentator and Washington Post Columnist Jackie, North Korea now says, I don't know, it's like maybe yes, maybe no, in terms of going to the summit with Donald Trump. The White House reaction today was essentially, uh, it's, it's not a big deal. We are not concerned. I did not sense concern from Sarah Sanders and her statement. I did not sense any concern um, from President Trump in the few words that he gave that he spoke about it today. Is this really not a big deal if the summit is off? I, I think the White House needs to manage expectations here okay, because yeah. there, there is, uh, when, you, when you read what experts are saying, when you talk to North Korea experts, they say that this is sort of part of the, the, the game plan for Kim Jong-un, um, that it's not necessarily a surprise that he would play this card. Now, whether it blows up the whole thing, I don't know that we know that yet, but uh, there, it did seem there for a while, perhaps the Trump administration was getting ahead of its skis a little bit, saying that, you know, this is going to be peace in our time. Yeah, well, I mean, we think about the, the arc of where we've gone already on this, Kevin. We've gone from Donald Trump, some Republicans saying Donald Trump deserves a Nobel Peace Prize right now. Not even wait until there's actually a peace deal to now that we're calling the whole thing off. Is the, if, the summit, if the summit doesn't happen, is it a failure on Donald Trump's part? No more so than any other president who uh, has gotten this far with, uh, with North Korea. Look, uh, he's gotten the three American hostages back, prisoners back. Uh, so that's a, a big win. Uh, he's gotten some real... Movement on the nuclear plan uh, uh, program that they are saying that they're going to 
dismantle um, you know, their testing facility. If that actually happens, that's a huge win. Um, but we don't know. Nobody's, no president's ever tried to meet with the leader of North Korea, so we're in uncharted territory. I'd expect way, a lot more of this. Mm-hmm. They're going to continue to both play the madman negotiating tactic. I think Trump may threaten to pull, his, uh, pull the meeting as well, and, and Kim will do the same thing. I, I just think we, we don't know yet. It's I a mean, long way to Singapore. Well, it was very surprising when this came out yesterday that they, not only was Kim Jong was North Korea not going to meet with South Korea, but also this very lengthy statement that, that North Korea put out. Are we essentially still in are, are we in no different a place today as we were yesterday in terms of this potential meeting and this potential discussion? Well, over no, Daniel? no. I mean, it did look like there were there were few questions that this meeting was going to happen. Now that is more questionable, yeah. right? I mean, it does seem like these calls for a Nobel Peace Prize were a wee bit uh, premature. And I think Donald Trump is learning what he seemed to have known uh, several months ago, which is that Kim Jong-un is, Kim Jong-un is not a very honorable person, right? Um, Trump seemed to know that before. Previous administrations seemed to know that before. And then they started having this love fest, and Trump declared that it was going to be peace in our time, and he got a little bit ahead of ourselves. So, um, yeah, I mean, it does seem like this is much more uncertain today than it had been, and that may be partly due to the fact that Trump seemed so eager for this meeting to happen. Well, uh, to Catherine's point, Steve, I mean, just, uh, I think it was, it was last week, right? Uh, time and space just kind of collapses these days. But it was just last week that Donald Trump was saying that he thinks that Kim Jong-un is ready to make change and bring about change in his country, that Kim Jong-un was very excellent to these three uh, men that he brought back who were being held there. And not so long ago, he was calling him open and honorable was the president, do you think the president was, too, was overly optimistic? Not at all, Kate. You know, um, it's no big deal because this is the art of the deal in action. Uh, as, on whose part? As, Kim well, Jong-un's well, part or Donald Trump's president. part? The, the president's been pretty, uh, pretty smart with this. I mean, he's very transparent. He laid his cards out right from the beginning about denuclearization. Kim Jong-un knew that. And keep in mind that at the end of the day, we really have nothing to lose. I mean, he, uh, North Korea is a failing state. The people are starving. Uh, and I wonder, I don't have any facts about yeah, yeah, this, yeah. I wonder what China's thinking about right now. Uh, they certainly would like to see peace in that region because they, too, have a lot to lose. So, Kate, I believe there's going to be a summit, and I believe at the end of the day uh, we're going to begin to see at least the beginning of a strong negotiation where we will come out, we, the United States and the president, will come out pretty good. I do wonder, though, what what this all means for National Security Advisor John Bolton, because it was fascinating how the statement spent a lot of time criticizing John Bolton and his positions, more so than even criticizing Donald Trump. I guess we'll just stand by and see. John Bolton, check your voicemail. Coming up, a major document dump in the Russian investigation sheds new light on what Donald Trump Jr. expected from his 2016 meeting with a Russian lawyer and what happened when he did not get it. We'll be right back. In retrospect, I probably would have done things a little differently. So as far as you know, as far as this incident is concerned, this is all of it. This is everything. This is everything. That might not have been everything after all, though. That was Donald Trump Jr. shortly after the news broke about his 2016 sit-down with a Russian lawyer who promised dirt 
on Hillary Clinton straight from the Russian government. Now just released transcripts of his interview with the Senate Judiciary Committee provides a fuller picture of the who, what, when and where of that infamous meeting. So let's dive into it all. Um, So Don Jr. in this transcript says that he's interested in listening in getting information, getting information on Hillary Clinton. Even if it was coming from the Russian government, I didn't know where it was coming from. Regardless, I was willing to listen. Is that collusion? It's not good. It's a really terrible look. I don't know if it's collusion or not, uh, but it... Again, the there's fact, no the fact standard was, for collusion, right. but this has been a big question all along. Well, this right, and it, it's right there in black and white that they were talking to a foreign hostile government yeah. and wanting to take information with them about their opponent. That is problematic. Whether or not they ended up getting thing anything out of the deal, which they did not in this case, that doesn't matter. What if they had? I mean, th- then maybe we'd be having a different discussion. But is that is that answer to that question, is that everything? The fact that he wanted to get something and they didn't offer it up and they didn't have anything to provide... Is that then not collusion? It was both amateurish to take the meeting in the first place and then to try to explain it away in the way he did. That's a given, though, with that organization and with that campaign. It wasn't a serious presidential campaign like we'd ever seen before. But, hey, they won. uh, So you can't fault them for that. Uh, look, I think people. I think the American people are getting really restless, though, with what Mueller's got here. And he, and you know, the Senate committees are out now with their reports. The House yeah. committees have been out with their reports. I think we're, we've got to get to the end of this thing because you know we're headed into the election now. How long is this going to go on for? Are we just going to talk about this for the next three years? And we we need to know what Mueller's got on this. Is he going to make a collusion uh, charge of some sort or a conspiracy charge of some sort? Are we just going to keep talking about this endlessly? Well, and and this gets to the anniversary quickly approaching, meaning tomorrow, of um, when Bob Mueller was appointed. That's the the reason that I even recall this anniversary is because Rudy Giuliani told Bloomberg in an interview um, that they're going to mark this anniversary by doing by trying to build momentum and build pressure to tell to get Mueller political pressure to get Mueller to wrap up. I do wonder, though, people might be restless why push Mueller to wrap it up? Why not let him? Wh- why? We, no one knows what he has. This is the only this is the only op- shop in all of Washington that really doesn't leak. Well, why the pressure? Why? Wh- what is it? How does it help Rudy Giuliani and Donald Trump? Well, you, you know my position on this. Uh, look, I've spent 38 years in law enforcement and I've done a lot of investigations. What I'm seeing is the longest fishing expedition I've ever seen regarding an investigation. Fish. There are people there are like well, 23 well, indictments. Well, let me, yeah. let me, let, let me finish, please. His, his, look, you're right. He's caught fish. He's trying to catch the big fish. He's trying to catch Donald Trump, and he's not going to. This recent uh, investigation report that just came out, notice it said meddling, but no evidence of collusion. Now, you have the House saying one thing, the Senate saying another thing, Mueller saying nothing, and you're absolutely right. The people are tired of this. Get it over with. Either you have the evidence or you don't. And if you don't have the evidence by now, you've got a real problem on your hands. So I think at the end of the day, we will find no collusion. Kate, if there was meddling, uh, it doesn't mean that the president or his campaign was participating in that meddling. Uh, Probably if there was, it was on the side of the Russians or anybody else who would try to meddle, which isn't, by the way, we know isn't nothing new for Russia. They've been doing this for years uh, uh, throughout elections. I, uh, I would only say this. We, again, we, none of us know what Bob Mueller has. Right. We found out last week about Michael Cohen pitching himself and accepting payments from companies, yada, yada, yada. Bob Mueller knew about what we found out last week. He knew that six months ago and was doing interviews. So God knows what he knows in the mm-hmm. six months since. We don't know anything. We cannot reach conclusions. We don't, when anyone says there's no evidence of collusion, we can't say yes, no, or 
or anything in between. And, and I the would fact all, that I, the Senate and the House now don't agree on the intelligence community's assessment says what? Uh, it says that we need to let Mueller do his work. I mean, I would argue that both people who support Trump and people who oppose Trump want this thing to wrap up for opposing reasons, yeah. <laughs> right? right. Um, but look, we have to let it play its course. Well, to our it, colleague's point, how long? How long? Until we the investigation I would, I would wraps. Up, I would have wrapped up this investigation. We don't know what he has. Well, we don't know what loose ends there. We don't know what the evidence is. Uh, uh, look at I, 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 you're asking right, law enforcement. There's no evidence. There's no evidence. You, you investigate there, you the crime, that. not the criminal. You investigate the crime. We don't know. You, don't, you have not talked about Mueller. I have not talked about Mueller. We don't know where his evidence is. We don't know if there's... He it. doesn't know where his evidence is. He probably just don't know. That's why we just keep talking about it. Thanks, everybody. This is day 42 of President Trump's administration, and it's also 174 days until the midterm elections. But who's counting? That's the State of America tonight. We'll see you back here tomorrow.